there are times though where specific individuals respond very well to a diuretic where when they don't have it they just look mediocre Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the next episode of Blood, Sweat, and Gear. Today, Andrew, Skip, and myself are joined once again by Ron Partlow. We tackle a bunch of your listener questions. If you want to skip around, we've got timestamps down below. You can check those out. And hey, if you want to take part in the next episode, then comment below with your questions. Uh, of course, comments, likes, all that stuff. It helps to boost us in the algorithm. We'd love to have you subscribe as well because we have several podcasts coming out each week, tons of bodybuilding entertainment and education. Uh, you can also drop your questions over at Patreon for our Patreon people. Uh, of course, you'll get priority. And thank you guys. Thank you to everybody who is supporting us on Patreon. And hell, thank you to everybody who has been watching our shows and commenting and supporting us, all that stuff. It's been a really cool ride, and I'm excited to see what we can continue doing with this. Pre-fasted cardio insulin. Remember we were talking about that, Skip and Andrew, uh, on text? Yeah. Pre-fasted cardio insulin. Just to try to drive yourself into like a, a coma. gone dominant state. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just short of a coma. Yeah, no. Just trying to get into ketosis by the ten minute mark of cardio. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, let's Uh, tell the listeners though, like why practically someone would want to do that, right? Like, yeah. You know, you wake up in the morning, especially like if you're in the off season, your blood sugar might not be, you know, where in an ideal range. So you take a little bit of insulin to drive your blood sugar down, so that you're going to utilize more fatty acids once you're doing your cardio. That's that's the gist of it. And Mm -hmm. some people, you know, obviously, yeah, we all know insulin will blunt fat loss. You know, it uh, it stops the enzyme uh, hormone sensitive lipase from breaking down fatty acids in the cell. But the question really is is how long is that insulin active and i think you know a lot of us when you take something like a humalog or novalog or fast acting insulin and you and you, you know you take it and, and depending on how you inject it if you inject it into your subcutaneous versus your muscle versus iv you could even do that if you wanted an instantaneous hmm. response you could drive your blood sugar down fairly quickly within 15 to 20 minutes so you know a protocol that someone might particularly use is they wake up, test their blood sugar, get an idea of how much insulin they would use, whether it's two units or three units, four, whatever, take it, wait 20 minutes, have a cup of coffee or whatever, maybe 30, then jump on the cardio and um, burn some fat. So that's, that's let me just throw in because I mean, there's not much to add to that. I would say this, someone out there listening is going, well, wait a minute, how many grams of carbs do I take in with that? But <laughs> you don't need to do that with only two or three units of insulin because the body can accommodate for that. And it depends too, like you said, based on blood sugar levels, because if you have just refeeded, you've gone high carb, everything else, you're more likely to benefit from that versus five, six days later if you're depleted again, and then your blood sugar level is too fucking low, and you end up passing out, hitting your head. And, well, you end up with basically like if you're on the treadmill and you're running, and that viral video that the guy collapses and it sends him flying into the wall, that'll be you, but the only difference will be is it'll be followed by a insulin-induced coma where you might die. Not trying to be negative here, but that's the reality of it. <laughs> so when you were talking yeah. about the uh, the enzyme blunting fat loss, um, obviously that's dependent on largely dependent on whether you're in a deficit or not, too. Generally True. speaking, so that's another thing that some people might not, you know, if you had five thousand calories right before bed, <laughs> you're probably going to take longer to get into. A, a fat burning state than if you're kind of just dieting already. Correct. Would you right. not say 100%. that? hundred percent. Yeah. 
It, it, this is maybe something like talking about practical application. This is maybe something that someone would want to use when they start their prep and not something mm. they probably want to use when they're in those last three, four weeks when you're waking up at 70, you know, uh, milligrams yeah. per deciliter in terms of glucose anyway, you know, if, <laughs> yeah. if you're not waking up at that, you know, pretty low when you, uh, in the morning, when you're two, three weeks out, you probably need to pick another show and extend it out another three or four weeks, guys. Well, I think another point too, is just that this is an advanced technique. This isn't like, Oh shit, I've never heard of that before. I better jump on that. This is mm -hmm. something that you better know how you respond anyway to insulin. If you're new to it and you don't consider yourself advanced in a situation like this, you have to be honest with yourself. If you're not 100%. advanced, it's on, on the fact that you're not fucking advanced so, and this is probably not going to be a good idea. I, I knew a guy that was doing um, two units of insulin. I can't remember which one he was using. I think it was R, but he was uh, doing like two units of R before bed. Okay. And oh. his thinking, his thinking was, you'll just sink a little further into a hmm. glucagon dependent state while you're sleeping, hmm. and there'll be a little bit more glucagon than there is insulin controlling your blood sugar. And glucagon okay. is of is a you know, exit the cell, uh, energy releasing hormone, and that's what you want. You know, obviously it releases blood sugar from muscle tissue, but also his idea was that you know, lose fatty acids out of fat cells as well and have them oxidized because you're sleeping in a slightly lower blood sugar state. He, he claimed that he thought it worked really well for him and he had it down to a science. Of course, I never took any insulin before bed, but uh, <laughs> it was, you know, it's kind of along the same lines. I mean, you're, you're talking about doing it before cardio and he's talking about doing it before like eight hours of really low intensity cardio. Same idea. <laughs> All right. Here's one for you guys though. Have you, um, well, I should, I should probably preface this with a quick story about how I started, well, why I did it or how I did it. But taking, you're, you're on a zero carb diet, you know, you're really pushing for fat loss and you're taking insulin before training. Now, most people would say, wow, that's really freaking stupid. And it is. I'm, I'm prefacing this with don't freaking try this, okay? Unless you know exactly how your body responds. But I accidentally did this when we pulled all my carbs and you know how you go through your gym routine and, and I'm a big insulin user for intra workout. Um, I, I'm big on the peptides, GH and insulin and not so much on the AAS for myself personally. But so, you know, you, you have your procedures and you take your this and then you take your that and you take yeah. your rolls or whatever. So I kept on going through the steps and I got to the gym and I took my insulin and I'm drinking my ECA or EAAs and I'm like, oh shit. I don't have carbs today. I, I pulled them all. Oh, and so I'm like, fuck, I better keep an eye on this. And so I just <laughs> kept on training and I, and, and, and then I started thinking about it more. So it's going to take any of the excess glucose in your bloodstream, right? And drive it into the cell. Okay. So I did yeah. get a monster pump. Okay. But then, and, and it worked the first like three or four days where I didn't get like really bad hypo. And when I say really bad hypo, I'm talking like sub 40. You know, I, I test my blood sugar constantly. And I think by the time I was done training, it was like a 52 or something like that, which that's nothing during prep, in, in my opinion, you know, like I can do my training, my cardio and get off and, and, and be super low. But then like maybe the 10th day I did it because I continued doing it like an idiot. <laughs> I got off, and I did my training, I did my cardio and I'm like, 
walking sideways. I look like a drunk person walking on the treadmill. Like I'm holding on and I'm falling. And finally I get off like probably five minutes early. I'm like, I got to check my blood sugar. I was 28. Oh, God. I was was 32 actually. And then I waited like another five minutes. I was like, okay, if it's going back up, I'm okay. I can probably drive home and I'll eat when I get home. If it's going down, down, I need to take some steps real quick or I'm going to pass out on the floor. And it went from 32 down to 28 in four minutes. So I'm like, all right, Oof. I need a soda. Because so your just, body's like, just still cranking from the car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's still cranking. And yeah, it was sucking everything up. So yeah, I, I took So a, how many I, more I, minutes I, did you wait before you ate carbs? <laughs> <laughs> well, so first off, I, I immediately Fuck, called I can Meadows get to 20. I, like, I can get to 20. Imagine my boots. <laughs> <laughs> well, I called Meadows and I was like, hey, so this is what I've been doing. I'm like, like I don't want to cheat on my diet, but I think this might be a time where I should have a soda or something. He goes, what is it? And I'm like, it was 32. Now it's 28. He goes, get the soda now. Like, yeah. get the soda now. <laughs> and so I drank the soda <laughs> and, it, and it came back. And and anyone that's had a really hypo, severe hypo moment, once you get the carbs in you, then you get really tired and then you yeah. have a massive headache and you're so lethargic and you feel like you feel like you've been roofied or something. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how I felt the rest of the evening. So anyway, I, it's a process or it's a procedure I tried. Would I do it again? No, but it, did it, did, did I make my best fat loss gains during that week? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, like my body transformed that week, and I still had nice pumps in the gym because of the insulin and all the sodium <laughs> and all the shit I was taking. But don't try that stuff at home. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. What about uh, you? Had this one, Andrew. You got this one off of Instagram, kind of related to what we were just talking about. Humalog with injectable carnitine uh, doesn't insulin blunt stop lipolysis. So, how you guys want to talk about how that works? Well, don't you well, need that, carnitine in the cell? Uh, isn't it isn't it stored and it's it's kind of stored like creatine, isn't it? Like it's stored in a well, pool. Car- carnitine is an amino acid, and how do you get amino yeah. acids into the cell? It's yeah, the same way you get sugar in. in the cell. You, you got insulin exactly. Right. So. Um, yeah, you would, when you take your, your carnitine, you, you serve yourself best to get it into the muscle using a little bit of insulin. And we're talking like, again, two units, maybe three, um, nothing drastic. Um, so yeah, but, but, you know, back to what he, his question was, doesn't insulin blunt stop lipolysis? As Ron pointed out, we were talking about the hormone, uh, or the enzyme hormone sensitive lipase, which breaks down fatty acids. Yes, it does blunt, it does blunt the action of that, um, enzyme in the cells, but you know, this procedure works. Like I, I, I'm sure we've all used it with athletes at times, or, or we know people that have used it with athletes or ourselves at times. I, lo- I love carnitine. Um, I find when I use it, I get a lot fuller um, because well, when you're, when you're sparing um, when you're sparing glucose and you're in, or sorry when you're using fatty acids as a fuel source, which is what carnitine does. It's a it's a transport protein that helps transport fatty or the breakdown of fatty acids across the mitochondrial membrane, so you can use them in the Krebs cycle. Um, when, when, when you're using fatty acids for more of a fuel source, you're sparing your, glu- your, your glucose and you're, you're going to uh, be more glycogen retentive. So you're getting a better pump in the gym while you're training too. Okay. Could it be argued, hypothetically, that glycogen is going to be a primary fuel source before intramuscular triglycerides? No? I think Dr. Scott has talked about this in the past that uh, – it depends on your genotype, I believe, and your enzyme breakdown or, or your enzyme makeup. Um, if I remember correctly from, a, from an ep- episode of like Muscle Minds, I think maybe Scott. Possibly. Um, it sounds like something I would you say, would say. 
for, for the vast majority of us, I would agree with that, Skip, that the majority of us are going to be carbohydrate burners before fatty acid burners more often than not. When, when I mean, that's just the way I knew it. But again, and when I say that, I'm not trying to, you know, oh, my God, I completely, completely disagree with you. But I wasn't clear when you said that. And I may have misunderstood what you were saying. That's why I was trying to elaborate. And it's funny, and I won't get into it right now, but there's a reason why I bring that up. And because I've been really researching intramuscular triglycerides and their relationship. And I'm not, I'm just saying explain it real quick. I don't want to get into it because it's too in depth. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the reason I'm looking into it is because I want to find out what the impact of oil depots injected intramuscularly, what the impact is, almost kind of from a caloric standpoint or is it how it's treated metabolized by the body because it has to logically almost be broken down like an intramuscular triglyceride and i can't find anything and i'm asking all the smart people in the world and they're like oh shit you're digging deep i'm like it really what it comes back to is this and i got asked this about three weeks ago and you guys can probably relate Everybody asks us questions and we answer questions and we we have this knowledge and we have this understanding. But are you ever asked a question or you think of a question, you go, like, I don't have the fucking answer to that. And I don't know who would. (laughs) And that was one of those questions. Hmm. Sorry. It's funny. um, That's funny because I I had a coach a long time ago back in the 90s. And I remember I said, hey, like, you know, I take a couple of fish oil pills a day. You know, should I keep taking them? Like, what do you want? And he was like old school. He's like, why would you take fat? You're already injecting like 15 <laughs> mils of fat a week. That's plenty. That's like 15 pills a week of fat. You already have that in your system. Don't worry about it. And I was yeah. like, oh, I got peeled. Fucking got me peeled. But yeah, that was right. his. He's like, why would you eat fat? You're already injecting. Think of like you're taking, you know, you know, 10 cc's a week or whatever. And this is back when gear was lower dose too in the 90s. It was like 100 milligram yeah. amps and 50 milligram yep. amps or whatever. Yeah. Yep. So he's like, you're already taking 15 mils a week. That's like 15 fat pills. <laughs> yeah. And I remember just, just, yeah, just, I wasn't, you know, I was like, oh, oh okay, yeah, you're right. But doesn't it calories. have to, I mean, you think about it logically and I can't find it. But logically, well, doesn't it, it make sense that it has to be broken down much like be, an intra- well, Yeah, it has yeah. to be, it has so, to be 100%, burned off somehow. 100%. Yeah. 100%. So then you're thinking, okay, well, I mean, I'm going to be completely transparent. I'm going to say, I never took that into consideration. I mean, think about it. If no, you're running high volume, uh, shorter estered gear, and you're getting, lean, you know, you're in a cut phase, and that's you're like taking 20 mils a know, day. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you're at 20 mil versus 10 mil, that's a sub, or maybe not a day, but. There's a substantial fat component here that, at least myself, and I would assume that I'm not the only one who's not taking into consideration that there's an increase of fat that has to be accounted for, that the body has to deal with and metabolize in some way. I think you're right. So There were certain things that I just, because I like to keep things simple, so there were certain things that I would stumble (laughs) on, and I would go, I can't allow that to complicate <laughs> my life. And I would just ignore it. Sort yeah, of like, Occam's razor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, let's just forget about the calories in the oil I'm injecting. Let's just <laughs> yeah. move on. That's like uh, guys that, that calculate ester weight for their testosterone. Yeah. Like, yeah. no, I'm actually only on 700 milligrams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like, you're taking a gram. They're like, no, no, you got to take subtract the ester weight. I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not doing the spreadsheets on my shots. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? That's... I, 
it's Occam's razor versus Hickam's, Occam's ra- dictum, right? Hickam's dictum. Well, Occam's razor is the most likely explanation is almost always the correct one. Right. And Hickam's dictum is essentially the opposite. And I, I, I think of like medicine where is a correlation causation issue where you become like, it can't just, it might not just be this one thing. So you have to look at all the different components so that one is it's dichotomous, I guess. It, right. One is, yeah. 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 Well, to your yeah. point, Skip, um, there was like, I don't know if it was a rumor or where I heard it, but the reason why Rami, big Rami could never get like peeled despite how big his quads were and everything, mm was that he had just loaded them up with so much SEO that he they weren't accounting for those calories. You know, if you're doing three cc's of whatever in each head every other day, I mean, that's a lot of cc's of oil. And you're right. Yeah. It has to be metabolized. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. uh, that, that was, I don't know if that's true. This is just, this was kind of going around. Uh, I was going to say the message boards, but we don't have message boards. It was, maybe it was just through the group texts and, and stuff yeah. that, you know, yeah. that I'm in on with some of the, some of the other coaches and stuff. But yeah. It might be a Scott Stevenson question, but if anybody is listening, because right. I mean, I have gone in depth with, you know, I've got uh, clients who are doctors, we all do. Um, they, you know, in, in areas of specialty, uh, one of my doctor's clients is from Canada and she specializes in blood pathology. So she's very good with hemoglobin and iron and things like that. So, I mean, th- when you get into their specialties, I try to like I almost I'm paraphrasing but I'm like I know you're paying me to help you and give you my expertise but if you could give me yours for free for a minute that would be yeah. awesome <laughs> so that make you think cuz that would make me think about what the medium is in, in that they're using like is there a preferred medium like if we're going to talk about our body breaking this down is grapeseed oil far superior to whatever or should we be using this oil because it's also healthy or like how many different oils can they can they uh you know is is mct uh, better than than or understand like what process i mean is it treated like an or does it somehow have to be you know what's the just what's the process like where does it go i mean it could be argued that it is as simple as the body uses it as an intramuscular triglyceride. So if that's the case, I mean, I'm reaching here, but let's just say you inject into your side delts, then because you have more triglyceride, more oil in your side delts, then would you then need to take that into consideration when you're training? Because coming back to what we were talking about with Andrew, where I said, I, I think I the way I understand it is most people are their, their body prefers glucose and then it shifts to intramuscular triglycerides in, in when glycogen gets depleted to a certain level. Uh, and I could be wrong on that, but that's the way I've understood it. Then would higher volume, you know, or do you just compensate? Well, I don't want to stop well, mid thought, but I, I higher volume would deplete the glycogen quicker so you could get to the intramuscular triglyceride. Or if they just sit there, they have to be metabolized anyway, even if they're not being used specifically in that local area so how does that it goes through the bloodstream it ends up going through how the fuck it's run through your liver i mean i don't know what that process is exactly well i guess without the digestive tract to break down the mill of grapeseed oil (laughs) the only other thing that could do that job would be the liver wouldn't it See, that's what I'm thinking. Well, no, I was no, either thinking it's the liver or enzymes. that particular muscle. your body that will do this, that will, will cleave the uh, the bonds of, of the fat. Oh, they'll do, it in, they'll do it in your bloodstream, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. And so here's it doesn't my, actually my have to get be, to the liver. Yeah, my argument would be you're actually, when you inject it, you're absorbing more of that oil because 
whenever you eat something, you're going to lose some of it to the transit mm-hmm. process sure. in your di- in, in your gut. So, you know, let's say you eat 100 grams of fat a day, some maybe you crap out. out. Yeah, you crap out like maybe 10 or 15, who depends, depends on your digestive health, but maybe up to 15 grams of that, you're not actually absorbing. Whereas you're putting it right in the muscle. I, I would say you're probably damn sure getting almost hundred percent of that. But then the mm-hmm. other thing you're talking about with the energy usage, Skip, I look at it as where your heart rate's at in terms of like, you know, if you're doing something like a dead sprint, right? Like you're, you're on fire and you got to jump in that pool of water a hundred yards away, you're going to use a creatine phosphate system. If you're doing your bodybuilding training, you know, you're using more of your uh, your fast glycolytic system. It, and then, you know, once you, st- you put the weights down in between sets, your heart rate comes down a little bit. You are switching over to some fat metabolism there uh, uh, for the oxidative phosphorylation. So, you know, not to get too sciencey, like I, it's not like you're just using carbohydrates or right, just right. fats. You know what I mean? There, there There's... Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you're, you're in your car. You can you can crank if, if you have a nice car. You can crank the nitrous, and it's using that to like go fast for like ten second bursts. Where, it, but you can't do that for you know uh, the, the whole you know hour long drive that you're going on. You can only do that for that quick burst because you run through the nitrous so quickly. Um, right. so I right. think that's a it's a simple analogy to kind of compare to how the body energy systems work in a sense. Yeah. And I don't want to keep this going, but I do want to point point out one more thing that I think the listeners will find interesting because I found it interesting while I was looking for this information. I always thought and accepted that when you have an oil depot injection, that the oil dissipates at the same rate that the compound dissipates. And that's not true. The compound dissipates first and the oil takes longer to dissipate. Than the, I was floored by that. I'm like, what the fuck else don't I know here? What the hell is going on? How long have I been doing right. this? So you mean well, all the... All the test is is out of the oil before the oil's gone out of the delt. Is that what you're Correct. saying? Hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I had a. I mean, I guess though we we've all been able to get in shape using copious amounts of oil, and we've all been able to get clients in great shape using. So I I, I guess it's kind of like an equalizer, or like a um, like you're just starting knowing that this is just going to be a case, and and we just overcome it in a sense. If you get right. what I'm saying. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's it's an interesting topic to think about, and it's absolutely something that maybe we need someone smarter than us to explain to us. Yeah, but uh, exactly, yeah. but it absolutely is thought provoking for sure. Yeah. All right. So this guy says, um, "How do I justify switching up a movement that is still progressing?" Uh, he says he's been progressing with the same leg sequence for over twelve weeks, feeling nagging pains. Um, he says, assuming form is a one, uh, when should I tweak to, for prevention's sake? So, so the question is he's been doing a movement for 12 weeks and it's progressing, but he's got pains. Yeah. Well, then he's got to be proactive. I mean, if you like progress, then it's time to stop while you're ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you have to, like, there's no, no shame in stopping while you're ahead. I mean, it's better than getting hurt. There's nothing fucking worse than being hurt. It's yeah, a fucking yeah. worst. Like, if I go back and give myself like a couple of days warning on every injury, hey, dude, mm. don't do don't do shoulders on Monday. Like, mm-hmm. I, I would have been. There's no question. Like, oh, do you think it would have been better or worse to miss those how many incidents you have over your career? You know those those twenty workouts. Yeah, yeah it would have yeah. been better to miss those twenty workouts. <laughs> are you, are yeah. you kidding? Then all the months you spent fucking doing this. Oh, I don't know if I can press today. Fucking yeah, like fuck that. But I'm gonna try. <laughs> Stop doing what you're doing. Just yeah. switch up your routine. Switch up your routine. Yeah. People get too. I don't get me wrong. 
I was progression. I was progressive overload. I was Dorian Yates and all that stuff. I love it. That's how I think most people get most of their muscle, especially at the beginning is training really hard with weights, but, but just change your routine. Do different exercises. Get out of it. Something's, something's not right. True Nutrition has supported our programming now for a number of years, and I'm super grateful for it because they believe in us, and I believe in them. I'm sure you guys have heard of Dante Trudell. We talk about him on the shows. Uh, he had a vision of offering high-quality, third-party tested supplements at a fair price. They have a ton of different protein powders, just about every type you could think of, literally thousands of flavor combinations. Hit me up if you're interested in suggestions. They offer health supplements. I use their collagen and their fish oil, and of course, they offer performance supplements. You can get bulk EAA powder or beta alanine. You can also get finished products like the Mountain Dog Perry MD Intra Workout. If you shop with True Nutrition and you use our code THINK, you'll get some additional savings, you'll get high-quality supplements, and you will support our programming. You can also help to support the shows through Patreon. I appreciate everybody who's made a contribution. You guys are helping to keep me pumping these podcasts out. I have links to everything in the description. Check them out. Let me know what you think. And let's get back to the program. You know, people get too married to progression. Like they're so attached to like adding another pound plate. It's like you can go to another movement and progress that one up too. Yep. Or you can keep doing what you're doing and you will immediately know when you've gone too far. Yeah. And then you'll wish to fuck you did not do it. The great thing about that. Yeah, the great thing about switching to another movement is because you're not like, let's say you've been hack squatting for three months straight and you switch to the pendulum. The first several weeks on the pendulum, you're not really at your max poundages. You might be training with your max intensity, but you're going to see big progressions because you're pushing that one up, right? You know what I mean? Like the first few weeks when you go to the pendulum, you're going to be like, okay, I only did four plates today. And then you'll be like, holy fuck, I'm four and a half after one week. And then you're up to four and three quarters. But the, the, the difference is, is that's three weeks where you're not using that crazy weight you're using on the hack. Yeah. And that's a bit of a rest. Would you guys agree that the, your growth comes from your progression, regardless of what the exercise is. So like if you've been a squatter for, three months or whatever. And like you come up to the situation where, okay, either I've maxed out on the weights I can use or I'm getting injured. And then you switch to a hack and yeah, you, like you said, you're lighter, but you're going from point A to point B over three or, you know, another three months. There's a lot of progression that can be made there. And that's, that translates to muscle gains. You can go mm, back totally. to that squat yeah. and, and you'll, you'll probably start a little lower than you were, but now you're going to have an opportunity to surpass your previous right. best in intensity, yeah. weight or load in some, in some shape or form. And that's another progression point for you. Mm. Yeah. If I could go back and tell myself not to, and I know you've talked about this, Skip, not to wrap my knees tighter when they hurt <laughs> and just not done the exercise that I was doing, I probably would be better off. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sitting here with an injury right now for that reason, and it's been coming up on six months. And talk about frustrating. I can't even begin to explain it. Just and it's it stupid. And, it, and it's your only, you know, you train for so long. It's not like we're, any of us are new to this. And you do something and you just think to yourself, really, like, am I fucking new to this? Why would I think? And I've never had any issues in my entire life, but boy, do I have it now. I mean, God damn, it's just, it's hard. And honestly, I think it gets worse with age. It gets worse with age. What I mean by that is it gets harder on your fucking brain. 
You know, when I was 26, I didn't want to deal with a, an injury, but I knew in, you know, okay, maybe it would take six months or it would take four months, but I'm only fucking 26. Well, turn the corner of 50 and you're like, um, I could be dead in six months. What the fuck do I know? I have no <laughs> yeah, idea yeah, what's yeah, going yeah. on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I had one I was going to ask Ron, and I kind of want to hear your guys' input, too, because I feel like this is a question that might help some other people. Um, what was one moment in your bodybuilding, and especially after you after you already kind of tapped out on the newbie gains, okay? So okay. what was a moment in your bodybuilding where you had, like, a, a light bulb go on where you said, like, oh, yeah. This is something I didn't know before, but now that I figured it out, I know that I'm going to be able to continue making progress. Hmm. Yeah, so I I thought about that question uh, before the light bulb moment, and um, I I first of all I, I think I was really fortunate that I got clued in to the the, the two most major things when I was really young. Like when I, when I was in about, I guess it would be about grade 11 is when Dorian got second to Haney, right? And I started being like a Dorian Yates fan and reading all the articles and changing my training. Hmm. So obviously, I was still in the newbie gains situation there. That was a massive thing because I remember I was doing these two-hour workouts with all this volume because I was following you know, the Lee Haney special or whatever was in muscle and fitness, right? And then I and then I see the Dorian Yates workout and I'm like, what? Because you know how that looks on paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four I'm sets like, total. Yeah. I'm like, okay, let's just see. And I remember like reading something like, you know, uh, don't be, you know, don't be um, put off by how this looks on paper. Like, yeah, this is all about these sets have to be and every, each set. I remember there was something to the effect of like, each set is an event. Hmm. And I remember being like, I remember being like, oh, okay. Like each set is like, and I was, you know, I was a football player. So I got that. Every play is, a, is its own little game, mm-hmm. you know? And if you destroy each play just by itself, you'll win the game. And so I just, okay, like I'm not just going to do a set here. I'm going to do a fucking set. And I remember that the mindset, cause I was already training real hard and I was totally into it and all that, but just that shift, like, fuck. I remember the concept of limiting volume hmm. forced me to maximize intensity. Yeah. And this is something we've all done. We've all experienced, yeah. like, whoa, shit. It's the same as, like, fuck, I only have 30 minutes to train legs. Hmm. <laughs> like, I had a fucked up schedule today or something. And, like, you know, we've all had that day where we're like, fuck, can I squeeze a workout in? And, and it was that challenge to just, like, make those sets crazy and I remember that was a big thing. So I know that was a little bit still in my early years, but that was like a major light bulb thing. And then when I started training that way, I mean, from I just immediately my strength just exploded. Like, like I put like a like a hundred pounds on my squat in grade twelve. Like it just fucking went up every fucking workout. Hmm. And and uh, I just remember like, oh fuck, okay, I'm I'm onto something that. And it was like. I know something other people don't know. I'm in here for an hour and they're in here for two hours and I'm fucking making way bigger gains than them. You know, yeah. it was like this secret. And, yeah. and uh, so that was cool, but, but that was a little earlier. But then the light bulb moment, um, when I did the 99 Alberta, so that was my third show. Now I was only 23, 
but I've been training for almost 10 years at that point, right? So I was like 270 off season. You know, I was on stage at 240 shredded when I won that show. I was like, you know, pretty big guy. And, um, and I remember I hired a coach that year because I had been in great shape, but I just hadn't been in winning the show shape. You know, I'd looked good, like, fuck, you look really good. But that, that one guy, you know, <laughs> yeah. that sort of thing. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I got to be that guy. So I, I, I remember the guy that beat me the year before. I asked, who coached you? Because this is back in the 90s. Like, you know, I don't know. Who's your coach? He's like, oh, his name's Brian. And he gave me his number. Yeah. I was like, fuck. So I called that guy. Yeah. And I was like, it was like six months later, I called him and I was like, hey, Brian, uh, this is Ron Partlow. I got third at the Alberta's last year. And he goes, I've been waiting for you to call me. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I want to win. And he goes, yep. He goes, well, I remember what he said. He goes, if you do everything I say, I guarantee you'll win the show. Guarantee it. I died everybody in this province because he died at like, he was like the main coach. Yeah. And he's like, I train everybody, man. If you do what I tell you, you will win. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And I remember the fucking diet was hard, man. Like I had already <laughs> dieted for shows and gotten in good shape, but he had, he had on me, he had me on like low fucking carbs for a long time. And I remember just, I was like, just as I was sitting in, I was going to college and I was just fucking like, Oh fuck. Okay. I just got to get through this day. It was one of those preps. Like I just got to get through this fucking day, man. I just got to get through this day. And I remember afterwards the light bulb moment was that I realized that, <laughs> You don't lose muscle. <laughs> All these people worried about over dieting. Oh, I'll lose yeah. muscle. You don't fucking lose muscle. I dieted so fucking hard for that show. I ate like nothing but tuna, chicken, and vegetables. Yeah. Like yep. for the last six weeks, I had a little tiny bowl of oatmeal in the morning, like two ounces. <laughs> that was my carbs for the whole day for like six fucking weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and but because I did low volume, I did like Dorian style training. I wasn't totally glycogen depleted all the time because I was right. just training hard and heavy for short, short, hard workouts. Yeah. And my protein was really high. And I just remember being like, oh, you don't need like all these people that complain now. Oh, I oh, really don't want to lose muscle. I'm like, you have no idea how hard <laughs> you can <laughs> diet before you lose muscle. That's Losing true. muscles. If you're on like some good test. Because back then, all I could afford was like Sustanon for that show. I literally dieted on nothing but Sustanon. And <laughs> if you're just on some good test, you don't fucking shrink. You have to like yeah. literally starve yourself to lose muscle. Yeah. Like, and, uh, you know, obviously there could be something else wrong or genetic factors or whatever. But I'm just saying, like, my training was on point, I was not shrinking. My strength was crazy right up to the end on like no carbs. Like, you know, I just remember realizing that everyone is like, Everyone's afraid to lose muscle and it's harder than it looks to lose right. muscle. Hmm. I think they're just afraid yeah. to suffer. I think they're just Yeah, that's to the thing, yeah. The yeah. line between suffering, like the line between like suffering hard and then suffering enough to actually like lose tissue. That's yeah. people don't, people that's, think they're like close but they're not. Right. They're like this right. far away. Yeah. yeah, there's flat and then there's losing tissue. Oh, yeah, that's exactly, <laughs> exactly. it. Like, fuck, yeah. whatever. And they're exactly. not the same. They're not the same. They're not the same. Afraid, afraid to go flat, show up fat. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I just remember I'd tell him, I'm like, every every time I'd talk to him, it was one of those preps where I would mail him a video. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I'd mail him a video, and then he'd get it. He'd get it express post because he lived in a different city, and he'd call me the next morning, and we'd that's go over funny. the video. And I remember just thinking, like, I was like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm pretty, like I get a pump, 
But then as soon as I'm done training, my pump goes away and he goes, good. I want you. That's what he's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I they want you really flat. I remember he told me. HVHS or some shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember he told me, he goes, I want you to be begging me for carbs <laughs> and thinking and I, I want you to think that you that you might have to fire me. That's how flat I want you. <laughs> I remember him saying that. And I was Damn. like, oh. And he's like, I fuck like all. Yeah. He said, fuck everything you think you know. He's like, you have to get flat. You want that thin skin? Fucking get flat. And I was like, oh, okay, fuck. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. He was cool. He was awesome, man. He was a good a mentor to go through to to work with a guy that pushes that has that mentality. Even if there's a better way, it's 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 a mental thing. It's like you know, like some of the stuff you do in the gym is for gains, and some of it's just because you're sick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty much. You know, you yeah. just want to see. Let's just see see how hard yeah. this is. We want to see if your buddy's going to tap out before you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I, like, and I remember like, I told people, I remember I showed up at the weigh-ins and my face was like, look like Andrew's there. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember, I remember some people, cause this is, you know, obviously back in nineties. So there's no internet. Like we're not, you know, no one sees you. Yeah, right. Yeah. And yeah. I show up at the weigh-ins and they're like, Oh, you're the guy from last year. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, look at my face and go, did you have a coach? And I go, Brian. And they go, Oh, Shit. <laughs> <laughs> if your face looks like that and you worked with him oh. <laughs> then he got on guys? stage and got second you're like oh yeah 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 no i didn't <laughs> no seconds that year <laughs> I, I have to follow up what ron said about the volume thing because uh, i hired dante back in 2004 or five i can't remember i was just graduating college and you know i actually had a few bucks and and uh he agreed to take me on which i was grateful for and i got my program from him and i the same thing ron said when he first saw dorian's program it was like four sets or maybe three sets or something like that and i was only allowed to train three days a week and i was on his original dc program the the a and b split training monday wednesday friday if i really felt like it he said i could divide up my my friday workout and do you know part of the upper on friday and part of the upper on saturday if i really was short on time and felt like i just needed to have something to do but i was blown away at like you know like three days a week, man. I, I like to train six days a week and I like to do an hour and a half, two hours of workouts. And if I'm not, you know, dragging myself out of the gym after leg day and it, it didn't count, I should go back and do another one and that kind of mentality. And, uh, but goddamn, did like, like, like Ron said, when, uh, I, I think my squat went from like, you know, 315 on the Widowmaker 20 rep sets to, uh, 445 for like 25 reps within like <laughs> nine or 10 months. And I was just like, like, just doing those two and a half pound plates every single week. We didn't change my training program once. No, and no, no. we just utilized those two and a half pound plates, same volume deloads, like, you know, maybe once every six weeks of just, you know, go do some bodybuilding fluff training and then right back at the program. And I was blown away because I went from like 225 to 265. And um, because oh, the amount of food he had me eating was ridiculous too. And that's when I really learned that there's bodybuilding eating and then there's like eating to get into the next class. And, yeah. and that's, that, that was a realization for me about how much food it really takes. If you're a classic ectomorphic person that, that it's going to take to grow. Um, so those yeah. would be my two light bulbs. That, I, I want to, that's, I want to add to the food thing. Cause there was a third light bulb moment that I thought of while you were talking there. Um, in the, the mid nineties um, between the Dorian light bulb and the working with Brian light bulb, um, I was in, I was in Australia and, um, I remember I met John Davy there who, uh, 
I met him when he was like the state champ. You know, he was the big super heavyweight, 275 pound state champ that everyone was saying was going to be a pro. You know, just give him give him a year or two to win nationals, you know, and which he did. And he wound up doing an Olympia in 03 and everything. So but anyways, he was like an amateur when I met him. And and, you know, we we locked eyes at the gym and there was a moment. And um, and anyways, he he came up to me. He came he came up to me one day. He goes, you train really hard. And I was like, thanks. He's like, train with him sometime. And I'm like, oh, OK. So it was like one of those things. Right. And um, I remember hanging out with John. I moved in with John and all that. I've told the story many times. But that was the first time that I ever saw anybody like put two potatoes and two chicken breasts in a bowl and just get in his car and like just drive and just eat potatoes like apples yep. and chicken breasts <laughs> like apples. Nice. Like, and this was also in the 90s when like a lot of people still weren't putting sauce on their food and stuff. Yeah. So like he would literally just have two fucking potatoes, like plain, like, no right salt, right out of the microwave, nothing. right out of the microwave. Yeah. Just throw them in a bowl, two plain chicken breasts, <laughs> throw them in a bowl, get in the car, and it's a half hour drive wherever he's going. He just fucking eat Pick it with it his hand. Take a bite. And I remember like, oh, savage. Okay, like just caveman style. Yeah, that's why he's two seventy five you know? in shape. And I was like, oh fuck, okay, you got to be that different from everyone else. You know, that was just one of those things. Like it was just one of those things that he did. There was always like a an empty but kind of dirty bowl in the passenger seat at all times. Yeah. All right, I got one on uh, protocols to make weight not using diuretics. Are they in shape? Really- That's the first question, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, we'd probably almost have to assume that because if they're not, then they shouldn't be. <laughs> my my favorite one is just to starve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, that's, well, if you look at how much how much weight does it? Let's say a middleweight gain throughout the day. You know, four pounds, maybe five. Yeah. Between food and water, so there's five so pounds right to, there. If you're yeah. if you're a you know a light heavy trying to suck down to the middles, um, or or in a class in that nature, um. You got the sauna, you know, you can do the sauna trick. Um, I, I remember, I remember Aceto told me once I said, uh, cause he, he, he thinks people use way too many diuretics for the most part. Yeah. And, and he said one time, he's like, you know, you don't, you don't have to use diuretics. If you quit watering a plant, it will die. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, All right, I guess you just kind of quit watering your body and you'll just, you will get light enough eventually. If you yeah. just do yeah. it for long enough, just don't drink or eat, you will make weight. Yeah. You don't have to force things out. You just have to have enough hours of not eating or drinking. Like maybe you start yeah. the day before. Like, but I remember, I remember Meadows told me many times because he did it. He said, There's no comparison. In you know that you know after you make weight, the moment you get off the scale, you now have some what I call physique management to do. Sure, right? Yeah, yeah. You've got you've got food and water, and so you've got to manage some stuff. You got to go to work, right? Right. And he he said when you can make weight without diuretics, all of the physique management stuff after weigh-ins is far easier. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 100%. Very predictable, so, too. Yeah. So using diuretics to make weight is really hard to do anything to your – like if you got to eat and fill out and you already got all these diuretics in your system, that's just hard. Yeah. We yeah. all know it. And if yeah. you do but, any of these, I mean, even without diuretics, if you have to, say, do some sort of a crazy the not-eat diet – 
push so much water out of your body. I mean, you only have so much time from that weigh in. A lot of, I mean, if you're doing a state level show, you might, you might have to compete the next morning. And if you screw yourself up, I mean, you, sometimes I think you're better off going into, you know, another weight class. Yep. Yeah. Seen it before. Although I well, think it depends missed. on the look though too. I mean, if you yeah. can drop, some people can drop water and they get a little flatter and they will respond very well and, and relatively quickly. And there's yeah. other people who just go to shit yeah. and then it's yeah. just kind of this kind of chaotic, you know, scrambling uh, that is filled with anxiety and all the other hormones that are going to fuck you over anyway, while mm -hmm. you're trying to, you know, fill out and get back into, you know, either rehydrate or, or and it, I think it depends on to what extreme, how much weight are you trying, you know, how much weight do you have to make? Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. There's a lot of variables. There always are with, with yeah. questions this, this broad, but uh, yeah. it can certainly be done. And I agree with you guys that, uh, you know, it's funny too, because, even though I feel very strongly that, and I said this years ago, that diuretics were, they were overused. And a lot of times it was, um, I don't know if it was necessarily unpredictable, but you, you didn't always get the same response. There are times though, where specific individuals respond very well to a diuretic, where when they don't have it, they just look mediocre. It can yeah. really sometimes take someone if done correctly and mildly and everything is happens the way it's supposed to. It can make someone look freaky who otherwise just tends to hold enough water that they just look, I don't want to say average, but I mean, kind of, yeah. it can make a huge, huge, the, the catch though is it's a relatively small amount or a small percentage of people that respond well like that. Do you guys I mean, agree I've, with that? I mean, that's what, I, that's I, how I, no, oh, 100%. 100%. Okay. Yeah. I, I remember I, I specifically. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Andrew. Oh, I was just going to say, no, I, no. I remember a couple incidents where I had a client who looked pretty good. Like, it's entry level guys, right? Like, oh, he looks pretty good. You know, I wish I could have got him harder. And then, like, one tab of, like, say, diazide, and they go to bed. And then the next morning, I go to their room, and I'm just like, you're going to yeah. fucking win your class. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what the fuck? We need to get you on stage right now. They need to push yeah. everything up because we can't lose this. <laughs> well, I remember this one client I had, it was his first show. So he had no measurement. He just woke up and he's like, yeah, I think I look pretty good. I'm really happy. <laughs> and he poses and I'm just like, this is a fucking miracle. Like, this is literally a fucking miracle. Like I, I felt bad about your condition. Like I wished I could have done more for you. And now you just look nuts. And then he won the overall. Wow. At like an entry you, show, but still, I was just like. Yeah. Did you pretend like it was the plan all along? Like, like oh, yeah. <laughs> I, had, I had the apology letter written to him and everything. I was like, I mismanaged his prep. I had to tear it all up. And I just thought, Jesus Christ, I can't believe how that guy. I, and then I, I realized that, you know, I thought I could tell fat from water. But that guy, his huh. body, man, he just blew me away. Unbelievable. Yeah. He had a big steak and fries and took a diazide. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> and I think too, you know, we there one of you mentioned Skip kind of like everybody's different. The people who have the genetics that I've found tend to be really successful. They're the guys that like no matter what, even when they go flat, they don't look that flat. Sure. You yeah, know, there's yeah. the guys that like no matter what you do, they were the um you guys saw that that picture I posted uh, posing with a couple guys this weekend. One of them, Joe Russo, yeah. he was 265 when he started his diet for junior nationals uh, in 2018. 
and he had to be uh, 200 pounds that year. Wow. And he, he had, like, he was soft, like, but he still had abs at 265. And we, I remember at two weeks out, he was like 223. And if we gave him, like, and that was on, like, next to no carbs, like, next to no carbs. He was like, 222 23 and if he were to have like a cheat meal it'd be like boom 232 like you know the next day yeah. covered in veins we had to we had to do the starvation diet ron was talking about like i remember we went to all fish and we we went to the point where it was like okay now go down to five ounces of fish yeah now we're like <laughs> now go down to four ounces of fish but well, fish thins your skin. I always feel bad so. about like pulling people's protein when we're already pulled all the other stuff. Yeah. I'm like, right. you're gonna fucking hate me, and I'm sorry for doing this, but we got to cut your seven ounce chicken to four yeah. ounces, or five, you know, or we're yeah. gonna do fish and chicken instead of your steak. And I always feel bad about doing that. It's like the one thing I feel bad about, even though it's yeah. protein's not that satisfying, but it's True. like. It, yeah, it's just one of those things. I'm like, fuck, I hate having to do this. I remember I worked with Chad one year, and I was huge. But he had me eating 12 ounce meals, like 12 ounces of steak at all my meals and chicken. And uh, I remember he cut it to 10. And I was like, so fucking hungry. <laughs> I, was like, I was just like, oh my God, the bottom fell out on me. It just, you know, it was the worst. <laughs> I think it's hard with clients too, that when you cut protein, their initial response is always going to be, well, how am I going to maintain my muscle mass? Am I not going to lose muscle yeah. because we're decreasing? And it's like, yeah. no, you're, you're pretty much going to lose it all, but we got to get you lean. So you're just going to have to do what I'm telling you to do. <laughs> well, and, I, and I'll tell you, that's when I realized that, 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 that people with good genetics, that they can still hold it. Because I knew like, if we were to do this with me, I would just not even look like I worked out anymore. I would just yeah. get skinny. You know, Joe like still looked like a bodybuilder. He, you could tell yeah. at that point, it was like, yeah, now you're flat. Okay, now I see what flat really looks like on you. Uh, yeah. But he was able to pull it together. And I think we had two days for that show and he was able to fill back out too. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, it's like we talk about with Phil and he was in the uh, ER that night for one of the Olympias when he uh, he had the ER visit and he was flat and everything else. And, and I'm looking at him going, that's just Phil flat. It's so subtle that no one notices it but you, you and Hani, because to the rest of us, you're retardedly full. Yep. And if you yeah. didn't eat or drink for three weeks, you wouldn't look flat for fuck's sake. Is that sake. the year there's that famous picture of him sitting backstage eating McDonald's? And I don't uh, know if it was that same. He ate McDonald's. He's eating McDonald's. I don't want to get. Oh, is that? A, I did he know what he, I, Phil. No, but I no, but it doesn't Phil. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I didn't. You're saying he always has a bag before pre or before finals. Is that his thing? He's just got a, he always had a um, weakness for McDonald's from when he even got his pro card. He was he admitted to me uh, that he could not diet. Well, he was getting ready for the U.S. and he would drive through McDonald's twice a week, losing his shit because he he couldn't do. It. Which is, I, I don't mean this shitty to say this. That's why I was hesitant to say it. Oh, but right, it right. shows, and it's beneficial for people to know because a lot of my clients think that people don't fall. The pros don't fall off. They don't get too hungry and lose their shit. Yes, no, they, do. they do. Not yeah. everybody, but at some point, there are really, really good dudes up on the Olympics who just they just throw up their hands and are like, you know what, fuck this shit, I can't take it anymore, and they just eat everything under the sun for a couple hours and then they're back on track and remarkably, you know, they're leaner four days later. Yeah. It does happen. And that's why I like to use that example. So Phil, you know, gets right. pissed about me for saying it. Cause I know he watches the podcast routinely because uh, he's a big <laughs> fan of mine, but uh, he, it, you know, that 
when you said about McDonald's, he just he had a he had a problem thing. with McDonald's. I, I just remember <laughs> one photo. I just remember a photo of him sitting backstage in his trunks, like he's like stage ready, and he's eating McDonald's. And I thought I thought someone said, "Oh yeah, he was really flat." Like the night before, the night before, they were super fucking worried. And then oh. I remember hearing something about a hospital visit. So. I didn't know. Yeah, it could have been that same. It could have been. It was during the Kai, if I'm not mistaken, yes. the Kai Phil battles. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Crazy stuff, man. <laughs> what, did any of you guys ever use, um, had a client have to use like suppositories or um, or even gone yeah. so far as like making them chew gum and like spit out every bound of spit they have? Like, ha- you know, we I got like a, a middle that needs to be like, well, go ahead. Yeah. I had a guy use a suppository one time. He was like 201. Yeah, and yeah. he went running stairs for they gave him a couple hours because it was like a long way in and they're like oh well we got two more hours at the way in so you can come back and he went and ran some stairs and he like sat around his sweatsuit and he was like 200 I'm like fuck yeah. so he did a suppository and it took forever it was supposed to hit like in short time but it like nothing happened yeah, and he was texting yeah. me he's like nothing's happening and I was like oh god he's probably so dehydrated yeah, and then I remember all of a sudden he texts me. He's like, "I just fucking lost all. I just lost so much weight. I'm going to weigh-ins." Nice. <laughs> and I was like, "But then he kept shitting afterwards." Oh yeah. god! Like because uh, they keep like he had like two or three more. Like it went on, and I was like, "Fuck, he's just gonna get like overly dehydrated and not." Yeah. And I was worried he wouldn't digest food and all that stuff. But he he, yeah. he did really well. Yeah. Well, it's probably because he ate the suppositories. You weren't clear with the direction. So. <laughs> <laughs> or he was like, I'm not putting that in my ass. I'm just going to. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, shoot. I, uh, I had one that was kind of funny here. Uh, let me see. It was for Ron. It says, uh, I know Ron is. A, wait, where was this? Ron. Uh, damn it. Give me just a second. It was here somewhere. I have like six <laughs> questions I'm looking at and I keep scrolling through them all. Okay. Here we go. Um, nope. Not it. I don't have it. Apparently, I don't have it. <laughs> well, I already used my oil depot oh, questions. There so. it is. Clearly, Ron is an intelligent guy. When he was competing, did he ever notice brain farts while using Trend? If he uh, did, he would remember no. them. Yeah, I wouldn't remember. Yeah. No, I, I, I do I, I, I do tell people, though, looking back in hindsight, um, people have to respect their trend. Um, it definitely has an effect on your brain, for sure. Um, I, I always kept my dosage really low. Like I was like the type of guy that would use like 200 milligrams or 300 milligrams of trend like at the most. Okay. Like I remember when trend first came out, we were taking like for prep, we were taking like 50 milligrams every two or three days. Yeah. Right. That was how we use, that's how we use trend. And it was I very effective. Good. Yeah. yeah. Very. Oh, very effective. And then now like everyone's like, Oh, 600 trend. And I'm yeah. like, no, no, you're going to pull somebody out of their car and kill them. <laughs> you're going to not Don't. sleep. You know, you're going to not sleep. Or- you're going to be, you're going to be annoyed with everything everyone says to you. Yeah. Like I just remember, and you're already prepping. So there's already that, like, you know, the last six weeks you're like, shut up. I don't want to hear what you're saying. Just stop talking. Yeah. So you already have that and then throw like anxiety, some trend anxiety and stuff. It's just not a pleasant feeling. Um, And I I was very aware of that because I never wanted to feel like that because I'm a really chill, chill guy by nature. 
So I would notice, like if I was high strung, I might not notice being high strung from Tran, right? But when I'm a very chill, like happy person and all of a sudden I'm like, fuck, everyone stop talking. I just want everyone to shut the fuck up. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's the trend. That's the trend. You got you to gotta, you gotta respect the trend. You I know? never cared that other people would talk. I just didn't want to have to respond. Yeah, and if yeah, you yeah. Didn't, And if you didn't, if you, if I said something and you said, huh? Don't give me homework. I would lose, yeah, I would lose my shit because I'm like, I got to fucking repeat myself. Like, I was, I'm already exhausted and didn't want to say it the first time. And now I got to repeat myself. Uh, no, you missed now, would you guys time. agree, though? And and I because I've said this before because I feel pretty strongly about this. I don't, I don't disagree that Trent is a rough compound, not only physically, but psychologically. But I do think that it's 10 times worse when you're calorically uh, restricted because Trent in the off season versus Trent prep is oh. just day and night. I mean, you can mm -hmm. deal when you're in the offseason. When you're in a surplus, cool. When you're in a deficit with it and then you go and you, you compound – you know, you, you're increasing the dosage. So it just gets to the point where I don't want to say you can't blame trend, but you got to be fair with the dieting component and give totally. it equal justice. It's, it's <laughs> nitrous. You're just and you're yeah. just nitrousing the race car when you're dieting. Uh, one thing I re I kind of regret, I never did trend in the off season. Oh. Yeah. I like fuck, you know, like looking back, I'm like, fuck, might have been worth some gains, you know, never know. I right. had a good run. But I just always saw it as such a prep drug. I was like, oh, it's contest prep, you know, yeah. it's mm -hmm. contest prep. I don't know. I was I, a little bit overly, uh, maybe I had too many speed limits for someone who wanted to be a pro bodybuilder. I don't know. I feel like it was more of a, there were more like rules of like just things you did. Like, like I remember my first coach, uh, he, he was like, no, you don't you don't compete in a novice show. You just compete in a show that's a national qualifier. Like you're not allowed. There were like rules that you followed that that people don't see anymore. Or like like you go to junior nationals before, before you go to nationals. nationals. Right. Yeah. You know, and now people yeah. don't and I sound old by saying that, you know, but like now people don't know. Like I even recently had somebody ask, like, why do they call it junior nationals? Yeah, up here in Canada, people are very confused by that particular show. They think it's a junior show. Yeah. But it's like just for a 23 first, year old and under. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah. oh yeah. Your client because I, I helped one of Dusty's guys win his class at Junior Nationals while Dusty was in a coma. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, Oh, you helped one of Dusty's guys win junior nationals. So how old is he? Like 20? Oh, no, he's 40. And they're like, What? <laughs> they, they had to explain, you know, we don't get that. We don't have it up here. So yeah. a little bit of a different show. And then another rule from my time was uh don't bother going to nationals till you win the overall your province. Yeah, yeah. Or at least your yeah. weight class. Like if yeah. you're a lighter guy, you can win your weight class and go. But if, if you're a big guy, you got to win the overall. It's not worth it. You know? Yeah, it's like you a, know, kind of like a code or a kind of yeah. Um, yeah. etiquette in a sense. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, you know, um, there was there was a lot of those sort of like, like Scott's right, the whole concept of the unwritten rule, you know. Mm, yeah. There was a bunch I in the gym too. I remember. Yeah, I think now the, uh, the way the NPC is like really, you know, pumped up the classes – it's all money for them. So like yeah. they'll take your 250 to 350 if you want to come to a national show if you place fifth place at their pro, at their national qual they're, oh, yeah. they're happy to and, take your money. And, it's an extra yeah. 5 minutes they're sitting in the chair while they're collecting checks, you know. And, you know what? And, no, let me, go go ahead. Oh, and enter the 35 plus class while you're at it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now I wonder though you, with and, and I I wonder what you guys think cuz I thought about this quite a bit. I I really think that the jumping into national level shows 
didn't happen as much prior to the internet social media phase. Yeah. I, I really think that that plays a big part in it because I think prior to that, like if you take away the social media component of it, like back in the message board, day, you just, you earned your way up. You, there was yeah. just you, and you were okay with the rules. Like it was, it wasn't something yeah. you thought, well, fuck that. And I think social media kind of helped to, to feed that. You guys feel, yeah. I mean, am I, yeah. Oh, ab absolutely. How many times do you see like four time nationally qualified in like mm -hmm. a bikini girl or a men's physique guys, uh, Instagram profile. It's like, right. Right. Sure. That, that could yeah. mean, that could mean you got first or it could mean you got fourth or fifth yeah. in your class, mm -hmm. the way things are going today, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 How many super yeah. heavies do they have in Alaska? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying like, you know, yeah. so yeah. right. If you get top three in the super heavies, you're nationally qualified, but maybe there's only yeah. two guys in the class. Right. And yeah. two of them are out of shape. One of them's out of shape. Yeah. 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 You Nothing know? against Alaskan super heavies. I don't want a bunch of messages from the Alaskan super heavy community. No, but at the same time, if you are in Alaska <laughs> and you're shredded, just drink like four gallons of water and jump to you'll make super heavy. Get yeah. Into the supers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no. your plan. Alaskan bodybuilding is alive and strong. I know that. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> post show cravings, uh, controlling the urge to eat everything and the potential harm that these cravings can cause. So Isn't it just a discipline thing. It's just lock it yeah. down. It's just the yeah. way it is, man. I, I, mean, I I'll, have I'll tell you story. someone that literally got off stage on Thursday, you know, I'll, I'll tell you my protocol and you guys can tell yeah. me what you think, but yeah, yeah. I eat what you I want. To, uh, you seem to be a smart fella. <laughs> <laughs> I, I eat what I wanted on Thursday night. And then Friday, typically the day after the show, I'll let, let myself eat whatever the hell I want. Uh, we didn't really get to eat that much because we were traveling and our flight got canceled. We had to rent a car and drive like eight hours back home. But anyway, but typically I'll, I'll eat whatever I want the next day. And then the day after that, I'll do a zero carb cleanup day and maybe another zero carb cleanup day. And then two, three days later, I'm back to where I was pre-show and mm -hmm. no harm done. There's no water retention. I'm not worried about my ankles. I'm not having to take diazide just to, you know, walk up the stairs. Uh, and I think it's a healthier way to do it. And then the other thing I was going to say is I think like if you love this sport and you are a bodybuilder, you get past the like as you get older, the craving thing just doesn't even exist. You're thinking about mm -hmm. like, how can I use this food or whatever I'm going to eat to further yeah. my progress and my gains going forward? Am I going to have a good rebound? Like we all yeah. know the guy that like put on 40 pounds in the first week. And it's like, well, your, your, your post-show rebound phase is blown, buddy. Like yeah. <laughs> you're water retentive. You, you're putting on fat. Now you're, you've lost your insulin sensitivity in like six days, which is pretty hard yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, good luck, you know, like now you're playing, you're, you're playing on the back end, trying to, trying to get healthy again. And then you're starting from a place where you, now you got 20 extra pounds of fat and water to play with. Um, yeah. just, so I think just as you get older, you get more experience and you're like, how can I use this to further my progress in a positive way? Yeah. One thing for me was I would always train right after the show. Like I wouldn't take a break until about four to six weeks after the show. And, yep. you know, I was the type of person where as long as my structure was locked in, my food was pretty locked in, you know, yep. like I wasn't having buffet breakfast because, you know, I don't really go out with friends often and I just get up and eat my meal so I could go to the gym, you know, <laughs> yeah. and as long as I didn't, as long as I didn't like load my fucking cupboards with bullshit, I was pretty like, you know, pretty much get up in the morning and go, well, I got eggs and oatmeal and some toast maybe. Yeah. So yeah. it's just, yeah. you know, I maybe just like, I'm the type of person where, if you just give me a couple chocolate chip cookies and some toast with peanut yeah. butter, my diet doesn't even need to change. And like you can't, <laughs> you guys, you can't, um, can't post-show rebound all, 40 pounds on cookies. 
Yeah. Do, do, yeah. Wow. Do you guys all don't, write meal don't challenge me. give macros? <laughs> don't challenge me. This guy skips like, I know how to junk load. Trust That's me. right. <laughs> I, got, I got you. I got you. Do, do, do you guys you guys write meal plans for your clients? Very specific meal plans, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay, so well, I'm a macro guy, but then I have lists of yeah. Like, okay. Choose from so, these so, specific macros, but yeah, yeah. Same idea. Yeah. Same idea. Yeah. Okay. So what I'll typically do with people though after a show, uh, if there's someone, one of these people that has like these craving issues, is instead of like writing in like you know. 200 grams of rice or 50 grams of carbs. I'm like, okay, I'll just write in 50 grams of carbs of, of what you want to eat. So whether they want to go and eat Ezekiel toast and have some fruit with it or, you know, that's some good. granola, yeah. it gives them a little bit of leeway. So they're not the type that's, they're, they're not going to immediately splurge for like that straight junk food and have a binge episode where they're putting themselves in a major hole. They, they're feeling like they're yeah. getting some freedom over their diet. They're eating a little right. bit of what they're like, and they're getting some satisfaction out of it. And I think it works pretty well. They, they at least report it does. Yeah. 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 I would agree. Yeah, I feel like this is probably a question from a guy who is newer or a girl that is newer because, you know, if you've been around, you've you've made a mistake. I feel like probably all not probably I am going to go out on a limb and say that all four of us have not done that properly at least once. Sure. Oh, no. oh, yeah. I and I missed the, the the component of the show. I didn't catch that it was cravings after a show. Is oh, that? I think oh, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. After okay. Show. Okay. I totally what, fucked that up. One of the other things to add too is, um, I remember there being like a switch flipping. I don't know if it was just as I got older, because yeah. age, age kind of, age kind of flips a lot of those switches for you. <laughs> um, but I just remember when you know I'm post show and I'm like, you know, just trained arms. I got the fucking giant swell on. I feel like fucking Nasser, and I'm like, yo, I'm gonna hit the drive through on the way home. Nope. And I would hit the drive-thru and I would get a burger and a small fries. And Instead of like the, three burgers and like two burgers two and fries. the large fries and the fucking, right. you know what I mean? Like there was just a, yeah. a switch where I was like, oh, I'm good. I just want small fries. I just want some mm -hmm. fries. Yeah. I don't yeah. need to eat all the fries. I don't need, you know, and, and that's, the, I mean, fucking damage control. That's what that is. It's yeah. yep. just the maturity. Like you can eat a burger and a small fries and be the yep. same weight in the morning. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because the rest of your diet's clean and you just trained and you're busy and you're an act, you know, but you know, it's when you double up and triple up and fucking yep. challenge your, yourself. <laughs> but how do you get to that point? I know I've thought when, about this quite, quite a bit with age. How do you get to that point? Um, because I agree about the age component where, because the switch to me, and I'm trying to think of the best way to explain this. The switch to me was more of understanding that really kind of understanding the consequence, looking further down the pike, because when I was younger, there was this point where it didn't matter. And right now only mattered. It's almost a survival instinctive mm -hmm. type thing because hunger yeah. really does come from, and especially when you're ravenous, this, it's almost like a survival mechanism that you have to over overcome in your brain and yeah, the experience really. and the maturity with age tells you that I already know how I'm going to feel and I'm going to feel like complete dog shit. Out. My system's going to be all fucked up and everything else. Yeah. And so then you're able to kind of process it and know that it's not worth the feeling. Now, because she said about the show, I say it, it was a female, right? I'm completely no, actually, losing the whole it fucking was a, question. It's a he, but it's once you introduce carbs. carbs after a show and there's kind of a, like a surplus of carbs, there's another switch. 
that gets flipped because then the body has this even stronger craving of like, oh my God, I've got to have, I got to get more of that. I need more of that. And the part of the problem is, is a lot of people will respond early very, very well from the way that they look. They get a little drier because the body has to pull sub Q water, especially when you're not as hydrated. You're not, you might not be, you might be taking in fluids post-show, but you're not taking in the amount of fluids that you were. So relatively, you're not as hydrated and you look great. And then all of a sudden, they're just, you just fall off a cliff. And, you know, you hear it all the time. I'm going, oh, I'm getting, I'm growing, I'm growing. Really, all you're doing is filling out. But nonetheless, yeah. at that and point where you spill, then you're like, oh. Yeah. Day six <laughs> comes, you wake yeah. up and they're like, oh, my ankles. Oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah. And you're well, convinced you it's all get- just water, but then you get the water off and you're like, mm, it wasn't all water. But Skip, you made a really good point about the water and the post-show drinking water because once you get off stage, yeah, you know, you're going to drink some water because you're so thirsty, but your your, your appetite cravings will kick in. You go and you have your pizza, your burgers or whatever. And when you're eating, what are you typically not doing that you're doing the week before? Drinking as much water. Exactly. A liter with each meal. With each meal, like like you're not drinking your eight liters of water that you're drinking yeah. on Wednesday, Thursday before the show. You're maybe right. drinking two or three liters throughout the day in a diet soda or something. So mm-hmm. I do think that's a big component. If you can get your water back in you the same way, like that's another thing. Like the reason why I just got up a minute ago because I had to go piss because I'm still on my eight liters of water. Because yeah, that's what I got to do right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because the, 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 you know, the hunger mechanism is going to definitely be there, but you can kill your hunger with some water, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I do think, you know, a lot of athletes do themselves a disservice by forgetting to drink their water. We're not just talking about the day after the show. We're talking about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, sure. the following week. They're not doing the same habits that they had leading up to the show that allowed them to stay in that state of mind of like, okay, I can keep the hunger at bay. I'm doing okay. Plus you're going to look better and you're going to feel better if, if you, if you yeah. get your fluids back yeah. in you, especially if you yeah. dehydrated yourself going into that, you know, you're going to have rebound from that. It's important to, to keep yeah. drinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like what I remember happening was feeling like, Oh yeah, I ate what I wanted and I look better. I got away with it. Yep. And yeah. <laughs> you do that and you do that and it works out great and it works out great until it doesn't work out mm-hmm. great. And once it's gone, it's gone. Like mm-hmm. I think that kind of yeah. something you were saying, Skip, it's like playing the tape all the way through, you know, to see the, you know, for the, the instant gratification versus what are your long term goals. But, yeah, I mean, right. that hunger gets so intense sometimes. Yeah, it's almost well, impulsivity. Skip. I mean, really, yeah. and that's what experience gives you. It gives you the ability to see down the pike to know not only you're going to feel, you know, the physical ramifications, you might not be as lean, but the psychological defeatist feeling is horrible, yeah. and especially with people like us who are so prideful of our discipline and yep. but you know and you made a good point scott because we have all been there i've been there uh it yep. it, it just happens and there are times where you go uh I mean, your brain really is just in the mode of i just don't give a fuck yeah yeah i yeah. just don't give it now does it happen all the time no it's pretty uncommon but the point is you will still get to that point even veteran uh you know, competitors sometimes will get to that point where it's just like, holy shit. I know I've had, and it, I wonder if you guys have done this before, but the worst is when it hits at like a week or two out. And then, you know, you're stuck and I don't like to feel stuck. I always approach things, whether it's training or eating. And so people will tell me all the time, well, oh, I bet you wish you could eat that. I can eat anything I want to. I choose not to because of the goal and, and where I'm headed. But when you're a couple weeks out, you don't have a choice. 
it's gone at that point. And I don't like that feeling of not having that choice at that. If I, I may not come off the diet for, I may not break from it for three months, but when I can't, because I can, I have that choice. But then when you no longer have that choice within that small window of time, yeah, you're going to find out how important shit is to you at that point. That's what I call the donut paradox. And it's where I won't eat a donut all fucking year. Like, I don't give a shit about donuts. And then all of a sudden, eight weeks out, I'm like, fuck, I just want to go. <laughs> just want a donut. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, what the fuck? Speaking, is? I don't even like donuts. Yeah. Speaking yeah. Of donuts, I think you're also uh, in trouble if you stare at, like, fresh cut pineapple in Whole Foods and you go, I have never wanted pineapple. Like you're watering your mouth. It's like, I know yeah. that shit is so cold and so sweet right now. And you know, yeah, if you yeah, do, yeah. you're going to eat so much of it that you're going to have canker sores and shit from the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from yeah, the acidic yeah. component of the, the pineapple. That's funny. The cravings that we have sometimes are just ridiculous. And you always crave what you don't have. If you have a high yeah. fat diet, you don't crave it. If you, if you yeah. have a high carb, low fat diet, you want fat, like you want to eat the, a jar of peanut butter. It's, the cravings are kind of kind of funny how they work. Yeah. Right, Speaking of the discipline thing, there was a, uh, you know, uh, Rachel, my fiance, she, she's a bikini pro and she was, uh, she, she runs our gym. She's the manager and there's a kid that, you know, works there and he uh, was eating this big thing of donuts in front of her. And like, he's just looking at her and, and she's minding her own business. She doesn't give a hell, eat, eat whatever you want. And he's like, oh, you probably hate me right now. Right. And she goes, what, why? He goes, well, cause I'm eating this and you can't. And she said exactly what you said, Skip. She goes, oh no, I choose not to eat that. And yeah. he goes, well, yeah, but like, you know, most people like, you know, when, when someone's, you know, died and they eat something in front of them, they hate them. And her answer was, well, they're not IFBB bikini pros, are they, buddy? And just <laughs> exactly. walked away. Yeah. <laughs> she could probably even said, too, I'm my body fat percentage is considerably lower than yours. So it's not bothering me right now. Keep eating that double yeah, fat exactly. more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, shoot. All right. One more because everybody likes the drug questions that watches. Uh, favorite oral for the final four to six weeks of a comp. I mean, we Easy. only have a few choices, right? The We're kitchen not say sink. Evil. Easy the kitchen call for approach. me. Yeah? Easy call for me. I fucking love Winstraw. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. There wasn't a single time I didn't add Winstraw and immediately go, oh, fuck, I look better. Yeah. Wow. And I always put like four or five pounds on every time I would throw Winstrahl into the stack. No you. kidding. <laughs> and Winstrahl's so, relatively cheap and yeah. probably real. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Because it's easy to, it's relatively easy to get like as far as, you know, underground labs go. It's not like you're yeah. buying Primo tabs. Yeah. Yeah. Or, <laughs> right. Like, or how good are your Anavar, your, your yeah. Anna, your Anna, and your Anavar draw. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, so you get Anavar good, draw. good, good Winnie tabs. I that's that's. I remember. I'll never forget. There was this one dude I saw at a show one time, and he was like, uh, like stop traffic shredded. Like, like where guys like us, the four of us who've seen it all, would see that guy backstage and go, "Holy fuck! You have to come see this fucking middleweight I just found." Yeah, like one of those awesome. dudes, like gross like tendons on his glutes into his pelvis, like really fucked oh. up shit on him. And I remember I go, what are you on? And he goes, Winstrol and Clen. <laughs> and I was like, oh, for the last, I go for the last six weeks. He goes, no, I just did a 12 week prep and a 12 week stack. Winstrol and Clen. That's, it. Holy that's shit. it. And I remember just thinking, oh, Winstrol and Clen. And I never forgot that. Yeah. And I was like, that's all you need. <laughs> Damn. 
Wow. No, you can't go wrong with Winstrol. I I have always said that, and Scott and Andrew have heard me say it numerous times, but to me, the gold standard is always Anavar, real Anavar. Um, I like to combine them. I, I'm typically an AM, PM dose, and I like uh, Anavar and Winstrol, and I just think the combination is just, to me, Anavar is just that compound that it just, for me, myself, individually, it's just nothing is like the the hmm. contractions the the awesome. contractile force it, yeah the pumps the fullness it's just wicked wicked shit for me i just yeah. love and it and how many milligrams a day do you think is effective 150 150 <laughs> right. it's a little pricey yeah yeah i'm just kidding. uh you know i don't think it needs to i'm not big on and it's one thing that i don't like about the current well, that's one of the few things I don't like about the current dosing protocols out there. I, I don't like Anavar dosed ridiculously high, and, and it makes me cringe when people do it because they think it's so much safer and that it's so much better. And, and I just don't believe. I think it's such an effective compound anyway that I think that once you're you know you're creeping up into this hundred milligrams a day, I just think that's a lot of fucking. And I just think it's overkill. Now I, to each their own, and I'm not going to knock anybody who's doing. I just think that the large majority of the time that's that's overkill. I love like a thirty thirty. Um, you know, 25, 25. I just think that that, and, and a lot of people are going to think, oh my God, that's just really conservative. It may be, but I've tried so much shit and I've seen so many dosing protocols with clients and friends over the years that I don't see a connection to running those, right. to it being effective running those dosages really high. And I've done it. I mean, I've done, you know, the 50 50. I've done, I may have done more than that. And yeah. I don't see. I don't see the benefit of it's like with halo I, I think halo does nothing but make people into complete assholes and finally i said to myself I'm like i'm not fucking taking this anymore i'm a nice guy and i and it's really? the worst timing because it's the last few weeks for the show yeah and, and as soon as time. i took it out i never saw a difference like i went oh shit sure wish i would have had halo in there because my condition is just so much different really? i never saw that no i'm not knocking the the use of it because on paper it looks like gracia i just haven't seen it personally play out that it's just so let me, let me show awesome. you my uh four weeks out pictures versus my two weeks out <laughs> pictures and you might change your tune on that one maybe it's uh, just because you're really good with condition and you got a lot leaner i don't, I don't know i'm just i'm playing <laughs> the other uh, side you may yeah, be no, right I and, and again everybody's individual that it very well, well I, could I, be i think if you're a taller lankier guy i feel like there's certain compounds that just give you a little bit more like density fullness hardness that you wouldn't get if you didn't use that uh certain other compounds and i feel like halo is one of those for certain people like myself um you know like like my favorite is like 50 megs of winstrol uh, 100 megs of proviron and 20 megs of uh of halo tessin and that seems to be the recipe that works best for me um 20 a day 20 of halo a day but we're talking okay. like the last two day last Two weeks. I don't use yeah, Halo until the last. But that's two not weeks. a big dose. I mean, I hear people taking no, you know, a no, lot like, more Halo testing like, than that. Like a hundred megs of. I've heard of. And I'm like, are you meg, fucking uh, kidding me? Like, if you take I, a I shit agree. and your guts come out and you have to shove yeah. them back in, that's just not good. That's not something that should happen. That stuff makes yeah, I me agree nervous. Hundred percent with you about the dosing protocols just being like absurd. And I think it's just some inexperienced coach are like, oh, if fifty of something worked good, I'm going to be that guy that pushes seventy five, and my guys are going to be extra hard. Yeah. But then like. All they do is, I think a lot of times they also use compounds like this to try to uh, cover up the fact their athletes aren't in shape. Like, oh, let's just throw a little bit more hardeners at them. Let's throw a little yeah. bit more DHTs at them and up the dose and, and, and see if that does something. You know, I've also seen um, people that just don't respect, like, 
I've seen Anavar, like you have to respect it. That's the thing Skip was saying. Like some people think Anavar is a girl drug, but it's not. It's a great compound. No, it's great. Yeah. But I, I have seen a few people where they're like, they're not on anything else. They're like, you know, recreational guys that want to try some Anavar. And they get terrible blood work after using Anavar. Yes. So you have to respect that, you know, it's a DHT. Yeah. You might be one of those people that just can't take DHT derivatives because of, you know, cholesterol issues and all that stuff. But you got to respect all of the, the compounds. Well, yep. here, here's a question that uh, maybe, you know, if you've, if you've noticed on blood work with guys, and it, obviously there's a million other factors, but I'll go so far as to say that 50 mg of VAR will do as much damage or more than 50 mg of Anadrol. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, Anadrol is rough, but yeah, I mean, it, it, I tell well, you this, I, it does uh, way more can, damage than most people want to give it credit for. That that's that, what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I'm oh, saying because yeah. oh, yeah. as Ron is saying, everyone thinks of Anavar as like a girl drug or like oh, it's mm -hmm. it's a soft drug. It's 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 a safer drug, right? Yeah. But I, I would say 50 mg of that versus 50 mg of Anadrol, the results on on your lipids and everything are going to be about the same. Anadrol is some good shit too, though, when it comes close yeah. to the show, provided your you're lean as shit like you're supposed to be. It can add yeah. a really nice. Honorable mention to Super Draw. Never used. It. I never tried it. Never yeah. tried it. Yeah. You. Uh, you're, you're, you're making me. You're, you're making me all nostalgic. I'm gonna go fucking put, <laughs> see if I got some loose odds and ends in, the, in my little box in the back and put together a big stack. I might have a handful of tabs here and there. Some straight, a couple straight provirons that are seven years old. Next thing you know, you're gonna start prepping again. Yeah, exactly. What are you getting? I don't know. What's your stack? Ah, uh, it's a little weird. <laughs> Winstrong clan. I yeah, feel like Winstrong clan. Halo is the uh, Halo is the what if compound is in like but what if i don't use it compound yeah. and i know skip you said that you because that's the way i felt was like yeah it's two weeks out and i could take it or i could leave it out but what if i do better with it so i had a bottle of pharmaceutical halotestin many many years ago it was 100 tabs and they were five milligrams, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay. Would they be if they're real pharmacy halos? They're fives, I think, aren't they? I've never. Yeah, seen I know they remember. were small, but I can't remember that. It sounds yeah. right. Yeah. Sorry, that does sound right, Skip. Yeah, yeah it sounds right they because were, they're they were small. The legit ones were very small dose uh, yeah. strength. Yeah. And I just remember like. Oh, like, and everyone is telling me those are gold. Those are gold. So it came time to do a show. And I, I was like, well, I can't use the whole bottle. I got to spare them. So I think I was taking like 15 milligrams a day for the last two weeks. And I tried to make the bottle last like three shows. Yeah. <laughs> would you like take a break? Ron, would you take it? Like, let's say your show, your next show was three. Well, I did one away. show a year. Never mind. So yeah, there's a break. There's a bit of a break. So so that, so that bottle lasted you for like four years. Oh yeah, it was like almost expired. I finished it up. I was like, oh, I got that old Halo left that I got from a pharmacy in Hong Kong. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, we'll call it a day here, uh, guys. I appreciate you hanging out with me, Ron. Appreciate you taking all this uh, extra time to. Hey, I had a blast. You know, talk a bunch of stuff. It's fun. I yeah, well, Ron, wanna, uh, someone I'd want to hang out with, man. Yeah, no, I'm following on Instagram now, man. You, I just uh, just turned on your page and you made some like massive crazy gains. How tall are you, dude? I'm six two. You're a big dude. So congrats on building a, a great a great physique. You've got like structure and shape. You got legs. You got yeah, it's good. I like tall guys. Thanks. 
Thank you. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that, Ron. Yeah, good work, man. Fuck. I know how hard it is to work with a frame like that, and you look good. So congrats. Thank you, man. So, and uh, and uh, Skip, I'm going to go have a giant bowl of Fruit Loops. Do that. For you. I appreciate that. Hashtag. Hashtag. Yeah, hashtag skip load. Skip load. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Before we go, I got to give a shout out to uh, Chris Christensen. Chris Christian. He, uh, he's a listener that came up to me at the Masters Nationals the other day and wanted a picture and said he listens to every episode. And he's like, man, can you get Skip to talk at least a few times throughout the episode? Uh, you know, I, I haven't heard his voice in a while. No, but he, uh, That's funny. I, actually, I want to thank everyone that came up to me and said hello and, and, and you know, just wished me well and said, you know, that they enjoyed the podcast and and really love what we're doing here so so thank you guys for for reaching out and chris thank you for uh, coming up and asking for pictures it's really cool to meet you and talk to you buddy let me get one uh one little point in here too that i think is important um and i don't want to sound like i'm you know fanboying or anything else but i was pretty impressed and i know that we all coach and we have integrity and character and and we take care of our clients but i was really impressed that when you got your pro card this weekend, you post your your focus was where it should have been, and not all coaches will do this shit. But you were posting about your clients, and you were paying attention, which is too. very difficult to do. Not only did you get a pro show or a pro card, but you had clients in that show, and any prep guy worth his weight will tell you that's very difficult to do even if you're just in a regular show let alone you're fighting for a pro card but you were posting about them and how successful they were and taking pictures with them you didn't post anything until fucking 1 30 in the morning (laughs) and i just think that that is just rock fucking solid and i was really impressed with that because you could have posted about how happy like oh my god i and you didn't do that. You, you to, took to, to a be fair, I, it hasn't sunken in yet. And I haven't had that moment where, and I, and I've written down all the names of people that I do want to thank from literally day one, when I, my first show and like all that kind of stuff. But, but yeah, you know, like I, my job is still to be a coach and mm-hmm. these people hired me to help bring them into their best. And right. my, uh, my guy hemorrhage got second place in his classic uh, pro show. Um, and, uh, and then my other guy, Joe, um, and the other thing is these clients are very easy to work with. They're guys I've worked with for like three, four years and they're just the coolest down, most down to earth guy. One of my guys, you guys got to look up uh, Joe. He's had a shoulder blown off in the military and he still competes that. as if like, yeah, you know, and he, we know going into it, we're in a, we're facing an uphill battle, you know, his symmetry's off because of that. So I'm like, dude, we're just going to get fucking shredded every time. And we just got to make sure we get in the lineup that one of those, one or two of those guys with prettier structure and both shoulders is slipping on their conditioning. And and we're going to catch them at some point, just, just stay right. after it. And we're going to, we're going to catch them. So I respect That's- the hell out of you know, all my guys. That's full circle on two things that we started with. The first one is never forget the business of bodybuilding. <laughs> right? right? And the second one is take out as many guys as you fucking can. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you place. How many can you take out? Yeah. Yep. So, And exactly. I got to say, I love this post on your Instagram. No longer yes. the only pro in the house. I cracked up at that. So, yeah. So here's the thing. If anyone, anyone follows us, like Rachel is like the funniest person in the world. Like if people like, sometimes they see our relationship or like, she'll like post be like, so I just did sent my six week out update to Andrew. He says, well, you're not too fat anymore. I guess you can sleep in the bed with me or like, you know, shit like that. And people will be like, did he really say that to you? And like, they're like, do you need a number to call? Are you abused? You know, it's like, right. We're, we're nonstop joking with like, we, we, we take 
what we do very, very seriously. And like, we give it 110%, yeah. but we don't take ourselves that seriously. If you know what I mean? Like That's we're right. not changing the world. We're not, you know, solving earth's problems. We're, we're doing bodybuilding mm -hmm. shows, but we're very dedicated to it. And it's kind of like our life's work in the same way. Like a monk is dedicated to what they do or a priest is dedicated to the church. And I think all of us, all of us agree with that or all of us, you know, have that, those, those roots and stuff yeah. in us. So anyone that sees some of those posts, yeah, she, she's, she's a knockout man. She's, she's hilarious. <laughs> cool. We got to get her on Scott. Maybe she could fill in for Andrew. We, we, Andrew's out. We were, you know, we were going to get her on last night. We were going to have her on last night to break down, but she didn't have her makeup on. So she said, oh, nah, I I'm thought you meant because that. I had mentioned to Scott earlier today, not in no. our text, but in one to Scott, I'm like, maybe we should have, uh, Andrew's wife on just to see if he's acting any different. Like he's trying to get free valet parking because he's a pro now. Maybe he's trying to get a discount on a meal. You know, I got my pro card my last client, night. My client Joe gave me his, uh, gave me one of his, uh, handicap tags for Pittsburgh. <laughs> That's funny. He brought, he brought two of them thinking of me. He's like, well, I figured, you know, you're going to be, you have a car and you're going to be driving around. So like here, and here's my, uh, my, uh, my my what do you call my certified letter or whatever just keep it in the car in case someone uh someone asks you why you know why you're looking like you're not handicapped <laughs> nice so are, are you pretending to be handicapped it's okay i got it from someone who was <laughs> <laughs> it's okay someone who uh, don't worry i know the guy <laughs> all right hey, uh, thanks for wearing thanks for wearing your west coast shirt scott of course man. That. of course yeah yeah i had to yeah. support you know i figured we're doing the show and I, I was trying to maybe not wear the same color as you but i know you wear three colors so i figured there was a there was a 33 percent chance that it was gonna happen i have i have other colors i just don't wear them on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> trying to brand all right guys well for another episode of blood sweat and gear with skip hill and andrew barry uh, of course, go to West Coast Iron. Make a trip to Canada because they're going to be open on uh, August 9th and go visit the gym. Go over to uh, teamskip.com. You can reach out to Skip over there. And, of course, go to bodyberry.com and support our awesome sponsor, truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for some additional savings. Guys, we appreciate you. We'll see you next time. See you guys. Take it easy.